This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know, usually this is where I'd put an ad, but I'm just going to thank our patron supporters. And what our patron supporters have allowed us to do is create an LLC. Now, if you've never created an LLC or know what an LLC is, I'll tell you, baby bird. It is a limited liability cause, clause, limited liability clause. And with that limited liability clause, you create a company. We have created Blue Shirts Breakaway LLC. Hmm, I know what you're thinking. Oh, why are you being a company? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but here's the craziest part. Did you know when you create a company, this is not an ad for LegalZoom or anything, by the way, this is legitimately me complaining. When you create a company, you have to submit that you've created a company in two different newspapers for six weeks. You know how crazy that is? Two newspapers? It's 2017. No newspapers. I have like one newspaper near me. I don't even know a second one. Anyway, thank you to our patron supporters in the great state of Minnesota for producing Brady Shea. Let's go. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I'm here with my co-host Gregory Kaplan, and I'm Ryan Mead. Greg, say hello. Two weeks in a row with the full name. I don't know if I like this. You want me to go back to Greg? I don't know. I just I, I didn't say I hate it. I said I don't know if I like it. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of my life, not knowing if I like something or not. Just keep trying. You know, we'll eventually find it. Hey, Greg, uh, there's nothing to talk about. Oh, there is nothing to talk about. It's baseball trade deadline day. I know what you're thinking. This is a Ranger podcast, and you're right. This is a Ranger podcast, but if you've checked any Ranger news lately, uh, there's really nothing going on at all. Uh, no. Mika, Mika signed an extension uh, not even 12 hours after we finished podcasting last week. And that's but old news was, at this point. Yeah, and it was basically we, – we talked about what we thought the extension was going to be, and it was basically what we thought it was going to be. It was a little higher than what we said. Um, 5.3, I believe, is the deal. And yeah, but the years were the important. And we had that nailed down pretty good. We did have five years nailed down. So, I mean, we were, I, I said on the podcast last week, I'm very okay with overpaying, well, quote unquote, overpaying for Mika's Abinajad because it's, it's not really an overpay, right? Is no, it? It's not an overpay. It's market rate, even. Yeah, exactly. He's, you know, he's, he, got, he got the same dear Nino Niederreiter got. And I don't think anyone, if anyone, the one thing I would say is if anyone has a problem, and I think some Ranger fans, the very vocal minority, may have had a problem with the value of the contract, but I think if the Rangers signed Nino Niederreiter to the exact same deal, which is basically what the Wild did, they wouldn't really have a problem. And that, I think, says everything to me. Nino Niederreiter is such a fun name to say. It's, it's amazing. It's like, it's, it's, just a, it's just a joy ride off your tongue. Uh, so I'm fine with the Mika Zabinajad signing. I'm happy to have him on the team. I'm still not sold if he's a 1C or not. Is that weird? Uh, no, but I, I think, I, I think you're, I'm, I you will be sold. I, I just, if you want a center better than Mika Zabinijad, I just don't know one, how you get him or two, if Mika isn't a one C, what is your standard for a one C? That, like, that was my next point. Like the great one C's are never available. They'll never become available. 
They are drafted to teams, and guess what? This is the first year we've drafted uh, players, and we drafted two Cs. So, uh, we're hoping that both of those de develop into one Cs, but for right now, we have Mika Zavinajad, and I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, he's a 55-plus point scorer. He's a dynamic offensive center, and he doesn't give up anything on the defensive end. I just I don't know what else you, oh, you nothing. would want I, from I'm, a one I'm C. very happy with him, but uh, obviously, well, listen, the, the contract matches the player. That's all I'll say. It's it's very yeah, it's, it's very a, good. It's a it's a market value contract. It does it's make me worry about JT Miller. Uh, hmm. because I think JT Miller really. is going to get around five five million also from us. Sure. And what's the problem with that? Uh, it, I guess I'm also still skeptical on JT. I just think he's so such a streaky player, but he did have a semi quote unquote breakout last year uh, that I'm sure. not and sure if I believe is real or not just yet. Exactly. So why don't you see one more year of him and then make a decision? That's you don't have to sign him today. Listen, it's July 31st. We're recording this at 5.36 p.m. on a Monday night, and we have nothing else to talk about. So I'm skeptical. I'm just being a skeptical guy. Like, I don't really I know. That's, that's all. Being, I know. You're being, a bit of, you're being a bit of a bummer, if I'm being honest. I am. I know. Let me pick stuff up here. Today's show, we have our, our a good friend, Dan LaRose, coming on. I, Dan is... Uh, he hosts the Reddit meetups every year, and he's a season ticket holder, so I'm going to ask him some questions about the Reddit meetup this year, along with uh, the the joys of actually being a season ticket holder, and plus the, uh, I'm sure, the incredible finances burden, financial burden of that. Uh, I do think he got prices for both Islanders and Rangers this year, and uh, they were starkly different, if you could believe that. And then we're going to have our, our other good friend, Patrick. Uh, Patrick, wow, oh my god, my friend just exploded Brendan from Gotham Sports, uh, who's been on this podcast before. Why did I call him Patrick, Greg? Because his last name is Fitzpatrick? That's why. That's why I did it. Brandon Fitzpatrick is coming on the show. We're going to probably bullshit about the Rangers offseason there. Uh, guys, if you have questions for us, send them in. Hit us up on Twitter. Like, ne next week we should probably do a question show, you know? Like, it's just an offseason question show. I know I'm discussing this for the first time on the podcast, but I feel like this is an appropriate time to ask you. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there's going to uh, – I don't expect the Rangers to do anything in the next week. There's uh, nothing going on. Nothing. No, because – Shocker! Uh, the Rangers didn't buy out Mark Stahl, and the Rangers haven't traded Nick Holden. So, guys, it's not happening yet. Uh, the Nick Holden trade huh. is bound to happen, right? We're both in agreement with that. After training camp, yeah, yeah. or in the middle of training camp, yeah. it's not. Ha the Rangers are done until camp opens. I am fairly certain of that. Yeah, and all, I, I, all I these Twitter reports, Mark Stahl's getting bought out. Guys, no, he ain't. I don't know. Well, he's a, he officially can't anymore. The buyout window's closed, so go. Mark Stahl is not going anywhere, and. If the Rangers wanted to trade Nick Holden, and I think they do, but if the Rangers wanted to trade him immediately, they would have done it two weeks ago. I don't think any – I I think we'll see signings like – Thomas Vanek has to sign somewhere. Like It's stunning that he's still a free agent. But if if it's not, it's not going to be – there isn't going to be a big sexy move happening with any NHL team at this point in the offseason. Everyone is – you are what you are. Now you have to go in the camp and see what you have and then reevaluate after that and decide if you want to make a move after camp has started. And that's when I think we'll see the next round of NHL moves. August is a dead month in the NHL. I, outside of, I mean, VC and high-priced college free agents like that, notwithstanding. Uh, and I know last year's Hobie Baker is available and I don't expect the Rangers to make a move because he's a defenseman and for the first time in the history of the Rangers, I, I don't at, think at it makes any podcast. sense for them to add a defenseman. Yeah, um, yeah. The I don't think anyone's going to make a significant trade or significant outside of extensions. Extensions will happen as we've seen with Niederreiter today and John Tortorella for that matter. 
But you're not you're not going to see a big trade. You're not going to see a big free agent signing because the big free agents are done. And you just what the Rangers have under contract is who they're going to take the training camp right now. And now we wait for the Rangers to see what they have and then make a reactionary move from there. And that's when I would expect either someone's going to get hurt and Holden needs to stay or someone else is going to get hurt in the league and Holden needs to go. It's, I would expect Holden to get traded even with a defensive injury because the Rangers have enough depth. But Yeah, Ferris Bar- Goslov, which I just butchered. Um... Barrett Glazov's making the team. He's make, the, you know. the, the question is, will he make the opening lineup? I don't know about that. But Barrett Glazov is – I basically consider him a New York Ranger. He will be, at worst, the Rangers' seventh defenseman this year. Absolutely. Uh, so, listen, we do want to pimp out uh, – our good friend Brennan Cohen uh, asked us to write an article. Uh, I don't know what the topic of the – well, the title of the article is going to be. I know what the topic is. He asked us five uh, questions. He didn't just ask us. He It's a roundtable. Like, Woj is going to be in this. Well, listen, piece. I was just – you know, saying it was just us, so we sound exclusive. What do you want me to do? I don't, I don't, yeah, but, you know, that's fake news. I'm all about, if the mooch has taught me anything, it's that I need to be completely transparent with everybody. Ten days from now, I might not be in this podcast. Anyway, uh, let's do two questions from that, from the questions that Brendan asked us, because there's two of them that uh, stood out to me in particular. The first one is, do you think the Rangers have uh, enough personality? Is there anything you would do to help make the players more accessible to the fans? Uh, my... Straight answer right away, and my gut reaction was, no, the Rangers don't have enough personality. MSG dictates what that personality is, and it's sort of a stern, locked-up, sort of uh, professional-type player. And that's the message they want to convey about MSG. They're very professional. They want to stay professional. Henrik Lundqvist, obviously a class act, uh, or everything I've seen about him. He shreds on guitar. I don't know anything else about Lundqvist other than he's a beautiful, handsome man who seems very very generous and humble. I, I have nothing else. But the rest of the players on the team... With the exception of Michael Grabner, who uh, lights up Twitter once in a while, I'm not sure about their personalities. I've heard Kevin Hayes on Barstool. I've heard Jimmy VC, and they're both pretty, you know, I'm not, I'm not banging the guys. I hope they come on this podcast. I'm not banging the guys. Wow, phrasing, Ryan. I'm not killing the guys. Uh, I hope they come on this podcast. But, you know, they're frankly a little a little mild. So I don't think the Rangers have a strong personality uh, up front that really can show you. Amanda Borges is the only person that gets hold of these players. And she does the one-on-one kind of sit-downs, but they're all pretty, as I would say, stale. Are you with me on this, Greg? Well, what I told Brandon is what I'll tell you now. I don't think it's a Ranger problem. I think it's an NHL problem. I don't think hockey players who, outside of, like, when you think of hockey players with personality, who's the first guy that comes to mind? I think you know the answer. It's P.K. Subban. Yeah, it's P.K. Subban. Who's the second player that comes to mind? That's a great question. Yeah, exactly. You can't really think of one. It might, it might be Roberto Luongo because he's funny on Twitter. Right. That the NHL has a, the, the NHL had a, has a personality problem because I, I don't know why. I don't know what the great answer is, but the fact that there aren't charismatic stars in the league is part of the reason why the league struggles to market itself to an American audience. Yeah, Connor McDavid I, is real tough to listen to. Connor McDavid's tough. Austin Matthews doesn't seem like he's got I – mean, but at the same time, in fairness to Matthews and McDavid, we're talking about kids that aren't even legal to drink in this country. Yet. That's fair. I, I think – but you look at Sidney Crosby, and the guy's as active and fun as fucking plain bread. And you look at he's a bitch. Alex Ovechkin's Russian, so Amer- Americans I are mean, never really going to oh, warm up to him. That's true, but Ovechkin is uh, – he's a character. He's pretty He's a character, but yeah. you look at him – you don't look at him – He's like an oddball. He's not really yeah. – you, know, you don't consider it in the same way you do Subban. Like Subban is an electric personality, and I think everyone 
I, I honestly think American hockey fans love that. And I, I don't know if that's part of the reason why Montreal Canadian hockey fans didn't like it. But I wonder if there's a Pat, Patrick, Patrick Kane. Only time he's in the news is when he's doing stuff in bathrooms. You shouldn't be doing or no man. Should hey. be doing. Uh, Tyler Sagan. He's there are fun stories about him, but. Kind of in the same way there are fun stories about Julian Edelman. That's my I don't thing. Exactly like, I feel consider... like there's tons of fun stories about hockey players, and we just don't know who they are. What does the NHL need to do better to kind of brand market these guys? I just Is don't it understand. The NHL's job to market them in a way, yeah, but at the same time, these guys can market themselves a little better. Like the, NH- the NHL should be in the business of creating stars, but players that are very talented in the NHL should also take it upon themselves to market themselves. It's only going to help them. I just don't think they care. Like the NBA players obviously care about marketing themselves. And they might not. And that's why it might just be a hockey player personality. I, I, even Gretzky, who was the man and (laughs) he was a pretty boring guy, but he was glitzy in Hollywood because one, he played in Hollywood and two, he's the greatest player to ever play the game. The golden God. Yeah. But like, if Mark Messier didn't play in New York, I, th- I think he would be remembered very differently. See, I just I guess you're right. I, I think of Mark Messier as sort of a fun-loving, charismatic dude, but I think that's maybe because he won a cup for us. And he's famous for one quote. Like outside of outside of 1994, can you really think of anything Mark Messier did as a Ranger? No, nah, I wasn't mostly alive, but yeah, you're right. It it's just and Brian Leach, who's probably maybe the greatest Ranger to ever put on the uniform. He's Brian Leach is great with fans. He gives back to the community. He's a philanthropist. He does a lot of stuff still with the Rangers and Gardens of Dreams. This is not a criticism of Brian Leach. Have you ever heard him talk? Yeah, it's not great. No. You think Adam Clendenning ate a he shit wor- ton of pizza and he, he came on our podcast. He works with you know, he works with MSG pretty often. He is he doesn't he, get behind the mic, but he's a he's a smart guy. Yeah, he is. He's a personable guy, but Look, I don't think Brian Leach has ever said a bad word about anybody in his entire life, and that doesn't necessarily make you a great personality. It's weird that it, it makes you I a have nice to guy. Like, I have to look my ser- you want to know my serious answer for probably the best hockey personality right now. That's someone that's not playing. It's Steve Valaket. Valaket's really good. He's like a nice personality. I feel like he's a really nice guy up front. He's charismatic. He does you know he goes to people once in a while, and that's about it. I can't think of anyone. Sean, else. A- Sean Avery was a personality. Oh, yeah, how did yeah, I forget love that? Him, love him, love him or hate him. Sean Avery was a personality. He's, a He's not anymore, but yeah. think of, think about it. I mean, Sean Avery took it cr- across the line sometimes, but definitely he was mostly shunned in NHL circles. Absolutely, I, I would say there was a negative opinion of Sean Avery amongst GMs that weren't employing him on their roster, and I think that negative opinion maybe got him out of the league sooner than he should have been. So, in a way. Personalities get penalized in the NHL, and I think it's, it's a—it's not a Ranger problem; it's a league problem. I honestly think, yeah, the Rangers might not do enough when it comes to letting these guys do outside media, but all these Rangers are active in Garden of Dreams, and all of them give back to the fans, and all of them seem engaging with fans when they have the opportunity to be in a position to interact with fans. So I—I I don't think it's anything the team or the player. The team is letting them interact with fans. They could do it more, but when they do, they're letting them be themselves. I, I honestly think it's a league problem. I think the league needs to do a better job of cultivating personality and encouraging encouraging personality. I, they're just not. And it's and the NBA, it be- well, that's probably the reason why the NBA is so popular. There's so many strong personalities. 
That, that, but, it, it, but in the NBA, it also didn't happen overnight. Uh, remember when the league had those ridiculous dress codes for players on benches when they weren't suited up in uh, game gear? Absolutely. Yes. And for whatever reason, I mean, the NBA reason might be a little bit more uh, racial in its undertones Probably. than any reason the NHL has. But the NHL could do more for these players. And at the same time, the players should be putting themselves in position for the league to capitalize on them. It shouldn't be a rare thing for a player to have personality, but it is. It somehow is. And I, I, I would just like to see that should be at the forefront of the NHL's investigation for the next few years. How do we create more stars? And the, the, the star players don't even have to be technically, quote-unquote, star players. They have to be star personalities that can market the game. You're going to watch someone who's more fun to watch. It doesn't matter how, you know, they got to be good, but they, they don't have to be an all-time great like City Crosby. Uh, even though that hurts to say, to to be watched, to be watchable. Like Brendan Gallagher, like I wish, you know, he's somebody when I watched him in Montreal, I was like, man, that guy's really fun to watch. I wish he would come out and talk shit on Twitter. I just, like, I, I wish that would happen, but it won't. That'll be in it. a way, baseball has a very similar problem because as soon as someone flips a bat, someone has to wear a oh baseball on their back. And I think that's the most ridiculous thing. And then you get, you get old curmudgeons being like, ah, well, baseball was better, blah, blah, blah. The unwritten rules. I fucking hate unwritten rules. Unwritten rules are my least favorite thing in sports. That's fair. Uh, I think if we, you want it to be a rule, fucking write it down. Otherwise, it's not a rule, and you should just let people have fun. I agree. Well, let's do one more question, and then we're going to get to Dan, and then we'll call Brennan. Henrik Lundqvist has been the face of Rangers hockey since he joined the league. Has there ever been a player you wanted to see more win the cup? Do you ever think there will be one? And will, what does his legacy look like if he wins one versus if he does not win one? For me, personally, uh, Henrik Lundqvist obviously is the number one contender for, I think, not even Ranger fans for people they want to see win a cup. You know, if you if you scroll hockey forums, uh, the top two people you'll see back and forth other than, like, obviously their team favorite is Lundqvist and Ovechkin. Those are the two most popular answers for who do you want to see that's not on your team win a cup. Am I wrong in saying that, Greg? I think there are more Ovechkin supporters than there are Lundqvist supporters because I think there's a stigma with playing in New York. There just is. Because you come Whatever. as come off as like some sort of big shot no i just i don't think that i think people who want henrik to win a cup want to see him leave the rangers and win a cup that's fair um i don't want to see him do that in case you're wondering (laughs) (laughs) um i uh as far as do is there another ranger no because as a fan i've grown up with henrik henrik was a rookie when i first really started getting into hockey so my development and love of my ranger fandom has grown with henrik lundquist so he's been he's been there as long as i've been there so the real the real point i wanted to talk about uh, on this question was more like the legacy question you know we're a results-based community right society even these days so no matter what happens with henrik lundquist if he doesn't win a cup it'll be the sentence will always say yeah i hear you're dying it's okay buddy let's cough together i'm throwing up anyway um his legacy will always be followed like this if he doesn't win a cup. It'll be like, Henrik Lundqvist, all-time great goaltender, couldn't get it done. Right? Isn't, isn't that how everyone will refer to him? I mean, it's ridiculous that people still think Mike Richter is the best goalie in Ranger history because he has a cup. It doesn't... He's not. I, I, hate, I hate the rings argument. The rings argument is the second least favorite thing about sports, right after unwritten rules for me. If a player wins a ring, that doesn't make them great. That it, it can be a career highlight. It can definitely go on your plaque. But it is not – Dan Marino is no less 
of a quarterback because he didn't win a Super Bowl trophy. But everyone will tell you he is. Literally everyone you ever talk to. Not everyone. Everyone of a certain generation will tell you he is. And I think the younger generation is brought up differently than maybe people 20 to 30 years older than us, like maybe our parents' age. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think – I think all, this generation of Ranger fans, people our age, people that have been watching Henrik Lundqvist play – and are old enough to also have seen Mike Richter know that it's not a debate. Henrik Lundqvist is the best goalie in New York Rangers history. Whether he wins a cup or not does not change that fact. The Rangers may have won more cups if Henrik Lundqvist was on the 94 team and had that core around him. I, Mike, And if Mike Richter was on this Ranger team, it's likely the Rangers don't even get to a cup final. That's it, very, very true. Like if, but at the same, I understand the games were different. Their styles of plays were different. It, it's really unfair to compare era to era. But based on how the player is playing against his peers, Henrik Lundqvist is far and away a better goalie than Mike Richter was for the Rangers. And that is no slight to Mike Richter. He is an all-time great. He is one of the best to ever put on a Ranger uniform. And if you ever you were ever to sit down and rank probably what top 25 goalies in league history. I'm sure Richter gets on that list. Yeah, maybe Henrik he does. Lundqvist is on that list ahead of him. Yep. That's true. He is. Henrik Lundqvist is the top 10 goalie of all time. So yeah. It, so do I want to see Henrik win a cup? Absolutely. Uh, oh, guys, it, of course. The part of the, the part of the question that I had pause on is if, is there another player after Henrik? There will always be another player after Henrik. I want to see win a cup because I uh, always want the Rangers to win a cup. Right. If Henrik retires before Matt Zuccarello, I'm going to want to see Matt Zuccarello win a cup. Will I want it as bad as Henrik Lundqvist? Maybe. I honestly, I do love Zuccarello a lot. It's like a, a large amount. Yeah, I. You know, we we've been on we've been talking for what like how, how many minutes have we been talking for? We are Ryan? At twenty minutes, my dear friend. Okay. So here's the thing. I will never want a player to win a championship as much as I want David Wright to get a ring. It's not going to happen. That'll never so, happen. <laughs> probably not because he's already dead. He's never going to play baseball. He might, he might win it as a manager. That's kind of the reason why I want him to be a manager because I still want him to get a ring. Okay. Like, I, I, David Wright might be the worst baseball mind ever in a dugout. I don't care. Get him a ring. Please. Someone. Anyone. For the love of God. Um, That's... I know, but I'm just saying my want for that. Like when Brandon asked us this question, I think Brandon was asking us from a perspective of – favorite player on your favorite team. Mm-hmm. The problem for me is no one is ever going to be more important for my sports fandom mature, maturity than David Wright. And I need him to get the, like <laughs> validation. Before. So if Henrik wins a cup, I'll, I'll be thrilled. It'll be a box I can check off. Is Henrik number two? Uh, probably. I'd say so. Because it's another thing, like, I love Yamir Yager. He Henrik, already has a cup. Henrik might be number one for me. He with the Rangers. He might be number one. Well, you're a weird fan, though. It's, I am a weird you, fan. Are you bummed that Carl Crawford didn't get one for the Rays? Like, who's who's your guy? I mean, Evan Longoria. I mean, it's not, you know, that's, Longoria's my guy with the Rays. It's not even close. Yeah, but so. are, you, are you super bummed he doesn't have a ring right now? No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I think, I've kind of fallen off the Rays train, and not to get on, like, a, a tangent here, um... I, I still, they're still technically quote unquote my team. I just, when everyone, you know, you love a team, you love a team technically because you love the colors of the Mets, right? I, I fell in love with the Rays for the players and the management and the front office. 
You think like, I fell in love with the Mets because of the colors? No, I fell no. Love with the Mets because sorry. my dad took me to Mets games when it, I was like three years old. You know, that's what, kind of what I was talking about. But yeah. I, I, I jumped ship when I stopped liking baseball in my young, my young teenage years, and I, and like when I came back, I was like, ooh, I really like Joe Madden the way he manages. Ooh, Andrew Friedman is an incredible GM who does this extra two percent and finds all these little uh, bonuses to make his team better in a small market. I really enjoy all this and Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria is the only piece left from pretty much that 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 raise kind of organization that I really liked. So I'm having a hard time following the team and r- really having a true passionate interest for it. On top of that, there's really no community for the Rays, So it's hard for me to follow. I know that that was my Rays rant. No one gives a shit, but, uh, it's, it's been hard for me to root for them this year, even though they're good, even though they're good. So, yeah. Luis doing fine for him. Yeah. He had back-to-back home runs. I know. So, uh, I, I still support the team. It's just I kind of favor players now as as I'm kind of like a teamless person in the MLB, which feels really weird. Yeah, cool. You're a brother without banners. Good for you. That's kind of where I am. Uh, it's weird. So I don't know what to do with it. Maybe I'll – I can't – I don't want to jump teams either. Like that's kind of I, – I feel like that's sports bigamy and I'm kind of against it. I hate I hate people that do that. So I don't want well, to be that's a kind critic. Of, that's kind of how I am with football. I never got into a team with football. So I just started rooting for the players on my fantasy team, and now I root for the teams I bet on every week. Yeah, I don't watch football anymore, and I, I root for my fantasy team because we're in a league with a bunch of our close friends. But outside of that, um, I, I really root for a, a couple – I root for a couple of prospects that I follow that kind of have, like, quote-unquote, my guys ready to go. Are you on the, speaking of fantasy, are you on the clock? Let, let's, let's completely talk no, about someone that no, no one wants to no, no one gives a shit about our fantasy league, and I picked Corey Davis. Anyway. Um, oh, you did? Yes, I did. Oh, you did. I, I remember seeing there that. There you go. Um, I don't know how I feel about Corey Davis. Isn't he hurt? I thought uh, he had an injury. He's going to play in – he's hurt, but he's going to play in training camp, and he fell to number four, which everyone had him ranked at number one, so I was very happy with it. Why uh, was he ranked number one, though? He's like, – uh, Honestly, like, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, let, let's, let's, let's open this discussion up a bit. That's fine. Why would I in – a, in a PPR league, why would I want Corey Davis over – Before we do this, and we're going to have this discussion, I'm going to uh, disclaim, I'm sorry, everyone, for talking about our fantasy league. And also, uh, we're done talking about the Rangers for now. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys for coming. Um, But we are going to actually talk more Rangers with Brandon and and Dan in a couple minutes. So anyway, uh, Corey Davis is probably the most developed wide receiver in this class. He's playing with a young... uh, You can make a really good case for Fournette over Corey Davis, but I don't think you can make a case... Why would you make a case for McCaffrey? Hmm, I think McCaffrey just isn't as talented as everyone says he is. I'm ready He's to be a better offense, though. I that that's true, but that offense also he kind of gets sniped out by Cam Newton. Cam Newton has you know come out and said he doesn't want to run, but he's look at me talking about the NFL like I know everything, even though I say I don't watch or care, but I obviously do. Um, Cam Newton's come out and said he's running's a fool's man game, even though he's still going to steal touchdowns from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Leonard Fournette's not exactly in the best situation either with with uh not Blaine Gabbard, Blake Bortles, uh, who will be. Not exactly the best quarterback, and won't really open him up the running lanes for him. Do we so, know that Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback? I we don't know that, but I I do have a belief that he will develop and be sort of better than uh, what Blake Bortles is doing for Fournette. So I but would in, take either for. Don't get me wrong. If Fournette was available and I had one, I would have taken him. That's not if a I question. had one, I would have taken McCaffrey, and I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Okay, that's fair. McCaffrey was the number one on my board because he's going to get. 10 to 15 carries a game plus 5 to 10 targets a game and he's going to he's got more big play potential I think I mean Davis is a wide receiver it's hard to compete against that but Fournette I think is going to the Jaguars are just bad like if Fournette was on another team I would have been more interested in him honestly 
I, I could have made an argument for Dalvin Cook over Leonard Fournette. I like Dalvin Cook. I like Dalvin Cook too, but, uh, you know, it just, I got suckered into the rankings, I guess, is what I'm saying. I, I went everywhere all across the internet, looked at Dynasty Ricky rankings, and everything I've read about Corey Davis was very solid, polished, wide receiver, has most of the athletic tools, is not an athletic freak, um, but is is a, a PPR sort of monster, is kind of a catch, uh, yards after the catch player who is not a deep threat, sort of a uh, Antonio Brown-esque kind of deal. While we're talking rookie wide receivers and dynasty leagues, I know it's not going to help this year. I'd rather have Mike Williams long-term than Corey Davis. I mean, listen, you're allowed to have your opinions. I didn't do – I the research, I, I really wanted um, Fournette, obviously, if he wasn't going to fall to me at four. I know no one gives a shit about this, but uh, – and then I would have taken Mixon, but he went three. So, what, What's the love with Mixon? Mixon. And Mr. Mr. You okay, hold on. I am gonna call you out on this one. Sure. Because this needs to be called out. Sure. You're the guy who says you refuse to take players that are, for lack of a better term, bad people. You uh, you do not like rooting for them, you I, don't I, want them on your I team. own Ezekiel Elliott. It's not that I wouldn't take them, it's I just don't like it. Um, so why Joe Mixon? Uh, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be that special as a running back. Just, I just we just listed off we should also say in this draft that we're talking about. You had Joe Mixon as your guy ahead of Dalvin Cook and Marshawn Lynch. So no. there, it's not like there weren't running backs available. That's true. I mean, if Mixon, if, if Davis went three, I would have taken Mixon four. Uh, I just think he is in a better fit than Dalvin Cook. But maybe I should have taken Dalvin Cook. I, I don't know. I had Corey Davis fall to me, and I took him. That's it. I'm just saying. You're, you're, I'm, I'm calling you out on this one because you are a guy that no, takes character and judgment. I hate that I have to own Ezekiel Elliott after domestic violence charges. But am I going to give him up? Because we're playing in a league for, for some cash monies. Um, and it's going to be really hard for me to give up the best dynasty running back because he is doing this. Now, if I was a, but a you can also name your price. You could probably get five first round picks for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, probably. And maybe I should do that. Um, but I'm a contender this year and I want to win. I, no one cares about our fantasy team. We're done talking about this. <laughs> I don't think you're a contender this year. I'm going to add that. Something are you kidding me, bro? My wide receivers are ridiculous. No one cares. Something, something always manages to happen to your team. Uh, it's happened in every league. Anyway, no one cares. I'm sorry for talking about our fantasy league. Let's get over it. Let's call Dan real quick. Talk to him for 20 minutes and call Brandon Luke the hell out of here. How's that sound? Mm, good. All I right. got places to be. All right. Sounds good. Transition. Hey, we're back with our good friend, Dan LaRose. Dan, say hello. Hey, guys. Dan, you run the Rangers Reddit meetup every single year. You're also a season ticket holder. I kind of wanted to bring you on just to get an early start on this. We're going to be doing a kind of joint Reddit meetup later in the year, sort of a uh, Bouchard's breakaway. We might end up getting some other podcast that I won't name on in on it. And uh, and you guys, you've been doing this for, this is going to be the third year, right? Yeah, this will be the third year uh, I've done it, made it the uh, quote-unquote uh, official Reddit meetup. Um, I, I, I got involved with uh, a friend of mine used to get lounges, and I, I checked one out, and I was like, wow, this is great. And he stopped doing it for one reason or another, and I was like, you know what? I, I can do this. Uh, rented it out one year for my birthday and was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this on Reddit. Let's see uh, if people will go for it. Fortunately, they did, and I wasn't you know, stuck with uh, 40 tickets for just myself. Um, and... You know, the first year was great. I think people had uh, you know such a good time that last year, like tickets sold out um, so much quicker than than the first year. I had to turn people away. I felt so bad. Um, 
but uh, as you know, you can attest to, you were there last year. It was actually like a really great group. People were super into the game, and you know, we were had one of the loudest chants. Um, that's questionable. That I've heard for <laughs> that game was <laughs> that game was uh, a game we lost two nothing to the Ottawa Senators, and uh, being super into that game was more like I cannot believe this team can't do anything. Um, so that's more what I'm talking about. It, my it was frustrated chanting. I'll, I'll say that it was frustrated chanting. <laughs> you know, kind of. Definitely for sure. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, actually, I think we're we're zero and two in the in the past two years for for Reddit meetups. So hopefully, we uh, you know third time will be a charm and we can turn it around. So uh, let me ask you this: so this year we have a date already picked out, right? We have a potential date. Uh, they actually the lounges haven't gone on sale yet. They go on sale, I think, this week. So I've been talking to um, my my rep and and trying to you know get the notification as soon as they get done. Um, I'll you know uh, for a teaser, I'll say that the the plan date right now, depending on price and availability, is going to be Sunday, November twenty sixth, which is a two p.m. game against the Canucks. And that's like the Thanksgiving weekend where everyone's home, so it's super easy. Yeah, that's that's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. Cool, man. All right, so I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about, just briefly, the, the season ticket process, because I'm sort of curious about it. So you're going to have to get a rep, and then you have to pay a ton of money. Is that the only way you get season tickets? I know you got you said you they've kind of moved you around. Um, people have kind of been getting gypped out of it. I know you've actually given me a speech sort of that the market is moving away from season tickets because of the third-party market. Is, is that correct? Yeah, so the the process now, I think if you were to, um, you know, just to start from, I don't have any kind of plan with the Rangers. I want to, you know, get season tickets or some kind of partial plan is uh, during the off season or even the end of the regular season, you you can go and um, online and there's a form there or you can call up a rep and what they'll tell you to do is to put down a deposit uh, per seat that you want. Uh, I think they only let you get a max of four seats now. Um, but they'll say, put down a deposit, uh, then when it comes time, we'll see what inventory we have. And before, if you're, you know, if you're a completely new business, it'll first be existing season ticket holders deciding if they want to move their seats and then, uh, or keep the ones they had, then same for half seasons. Um, then they let people upgrade. So if you had like a mini plan and you, you can go to a half plan or sometimes if there's any availability left, they'll let half plan uh, holders go to a full, uh, and then they'll eventually get to new business and say, hey, this is what we have left. And generally what I've been seeing for the past couple of years, basically ever since that cup run, is that they say, well, these are the full season tickets we have left. They cost, you know, $400 each for every game. Oh. And people go, well, no. <laughs> well, isn't MSG, MSG trying to make money back from the secondary market? That's kind of one of the big reasons I wanted to talk about you. I, I, I know you got, you had some sort of insight on this where – uh, they're kind of you guys used to sell your own tickets, and that's all those all those tickets would go to the secondary market. But now MSG is trying to kind of cut that out, right? Am I am I correct in saying that? Yeah. So there's a couple things they they've been doing. Um, one, namely, raising their prices, and so the you know the closer they get to the secondary market is like the less of the profit there is to to sell them. And I guess their hopes are one that they're recouping you know the the most money they can, and and two that the people that are buying the tickets are actually uh, the ones sitting in the uh, in the stands, um, and then what, another thing they did recently, uh, I can't remember, it was one or two years ago. They they basically stripped 
brokers and, and people with tons of tickets that were just selling them uh, of their of their seats, and there were lawsuits over it. Um, you know, the brokers were claiming that they had a right, uh, and there's some actually very um, interesting and I think idiosyncratic uh, laws about ticketing in New York where they they can't actually penalize you for selling if you have a season ticket membership. So there was some lawsuits that I think MSG wound up getting all the tickets back. And so what everyone thought was, oh, well, now there's going to be a ton more season tickets for everyone. Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, what happened is that MSG decided that they can make more money by chopping them up into half plans and mini plans. And what they do uh, with those is, you know, the season ticket holder will have one cost and then it'll be an even bigger cost for a, you know, someone with a half or, or mini and then and probably even more for if you went on Ticketmaster, you know, the day they released individual tickets and, and tried to buy them. So uh, I know you did investigate the Islanders season tickets. Could you give me a percentage of what the difference is? Like, is it is it like 500% less to go to get Islanders season tickets at this point in time? Because it's like $6 <laughs> to go to a game, right? I remember because I, I, I bought tickets uh, just for the Rangers game at Barclays. And uh, so they they have my email and so they send me stuff saying like, Oh, come join the Islanders and, and get season tickets. And just for kicks, I went and got, uh, you know, went to the, to the site and clicked the link and saw what they were kind of working with price wise. And Oh man, it, it, uh, it seems like uh, financially we picked the, the wrong team, but the uh, but I, so my tickets are <laughs> fan wise. We obviously picked the right team. Like there's no question about that. Um, but uh, the the amount or the value I guess you can get for an Islanders ticket is uh, is pretty insane compared to the Rangers, which may not be the fairest benchmark um, considering where it you know that you're comparing it to one of the top probably five teams in in the NHL in terms of ticket pricing. Um, but you know you can. I think I looked at it, and my my seats are in the upper bowl in the in the second row. Um, but I think I, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they, I, I could have sat like in. I think it's called like their Calvin Klein Club or, oh. or whatever it is. Basically for the for the same price, Dude. which is you know they have like. Oh, did they talk and, to you about requiring to wear underwear, Calvin Klein underwear, during that time? And would they give you free underwear to wear? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the first the first season ticket holder event is uh, you get a. Uh, boudoir photo shoot in Calvin Klein underwear for free. Well, that's <laughs> – I would pay good money to see that, my friend. Uh, but I, I'm glad you came on to talk about this because I was very curious about the season ticket process. And I, don't, I think everyone out there really doesn't really know a lot about it. Not that everyone has the ability to do that. But uh, it, it is the secondary market really does kind of drive out a lot of different people from going to see the game. Uh, so I, it's kind of like I, – I do think – do you ever see MSG kind of selling directly or getting like sort of – they're never going to give a discount for any ticket in the future. They don't care about those, uh, you know, the can the fans that can't go. It's more of like make a sacrifice, come on, see the Rangers, or just don't come watch from home. Yeah, I mean, like they they have a very in demand product, right? And so they they don't have to uh, cut the cost, and they don't have to um, give you tons of, of freebies. And there are some cool season ticket holder. 
things throughout the year. There's, you know, they'll once in a while have like a happy hour, a viewing party. Uh, they have like a players forum every year. Uh, this year they did like a game show night featuring a bunch of the players. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, your benefit is you're getting these tickets at a discounted, you know, quote unquote discounted rate compared to what we would sell to the general public for individual tickets. So uh, we actually talked about earlier on this podcast uh, about players' personalities. At these events, would you say you get to know the players better, or are they still sort of that hockey behind-the-mic, standard cookie-cutter question-answer uh, kind of deal at, at like the game show and everything? Or, or is it, or are they kind of looser? It's it's in between. They're definitely looser than you know. If you anything official like post game you see on on MSG, uh, you know, they're, and they're not. Most of the questions they toss at them aren't you know specific hockey like on the ice questions. They're more of you know locker room questions like who you know who are your friends or like you know they'll um, they they did uh, they basically did a version of the newlywed game and so they were had to ask. You know, uh, I think Hayes and VZ were were a pair this year, and they were asking you know, love, Kevin questions. Yeah, yeah, and they they would ask one of them a question. The other had previously written down the answer, seeing if they they got it right. Um, you know, things like that, and and you know, they'll talk about uh, the the off ice stuff they do. And you know, a couple years ago when you know Haglin and Zook and and Broussard were there uh or maybe it was only two or three I can't remember but you know you could tell like oh these guys are buddies they hang out all the time off the ice and um and not, not anymore you know <laughs> yeah well <laughs> those days are over but you you, def- you definitely did get a little bit more of an insight to to the players um they asked them you know kind of what their hobbies are outside of, of hockey or what they would be doing if you know they weren't uh, professional hockey players and and you know no one is uh, fully unleashed like even if you listen to um spin chicklets or, or anything like that they're they're you know given more leash there but no one's they're still very aware that they're employees of this organization that is a very public figure and not going to you know give you any like crazy stories that'll you know incriminate them to, so to speak I just want to incriminate hockey players. That's like my life goal. Um, I do want to introduce you to my co-host, Greg. Greg, say hello. <laughs> I've just been listening the whole time. I've no, been here. I know, I know. I just I figured you, you haven't said anything, so I wanted to bring you in for a second. But uh, that's Greg. Anyway, say hello. And now I want to ask you sort of in the offseason, you and I texted a bunch back and forth. You had this crazy offseason plan where we'd get Joe Thornton, but everything else kind of worked out exactly how you planned, right? Are you sad we didn't get Joe Thornton, or are you happy that he's not on this team? At the price, I mean, it's impossible to have just said, oh, you know, just add Joe Thornton to this. I, I still am concerned with the center depth, as I think most fans are. Everyone is. Um, but everything else has, you know, kind of fallen into into place. I, I find myself questioning that the, the step-on trade only for this year, um, in the sense that if you were going to really make a run at it um, – you know, you could have kept, you could have not done that trade where Ront is actually slightly cheaper um, than our new backup this year. You slide Stepan back into that one C, then you know Zabinajad Hayes and um, and the new guy whose name I won't pronounce because I'll get it wrong. Um, you know, fill, fill in real nicely, and you know, once you get rid of Girardi, I think that might have required to like buy out Stall and do slight more wiggle room. Like you asked Shattenkirk to take another, you know, two hundred k pay cut, and the dude already like he took done so it, much money off. Like he's playing for like not practically free, but a ridiculous discount. 
Yeah, but overall, I'm, I'm happy with the the off season. You know, we got to you know, obviously. Uh, to what I th- seem to be great prospects. You know, everyone the day after the draft was, what are the Rangers doing? I, th- these were both reaches, and now it seems um, everyone writing about them is, is falling in love. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully the Rangers, uh, you know, knew everything before we did and, and realized that these guys were going to be, uh, you know, valuable assets down the line. Part of me thinks they have, you know, the Rangers have, we would say you say they're a top five market. They have the, the budget to do scouting that other teams can't do. And they probably found these two and saw, thought they were underrated and took them early. And Hithel, I'll never say his name right, um, was definitely going to be a, a top 10 prospect if he was 10 days younger. So we have him on our team now and he's been performing. But again, it's for the future. It's nothing to worry about for the next three years. Well, except yeah, I mean, and his contract can slide an extra year, and um, you know, if he's playing overseas or I think even in the the AHL. So, you know, I, I think that was a, a you know, as m- many people thought it was a reach at the time. I think you know, you're going to realize that was probably a very good value pick if you uh, do it in terms of you get this guy that would have been top ten for an extra year under your control. Um, you know, as far as his development goes, and you're going to look back and say that was a very savvy move. Well, hopefully, we say that. You, are, I would say, are a man of bold predictions from my time talking to you. Do you have any bold predictions uh, for this season coming up? Um, bold predictions. I think we're, if, you know, I think it'll be a lot like the, this past year, which isn't, isn't very bold, but I think we'll, we'll make a move at the deadline and acquire another center. I Do think that's going to, and that's going to tell, hopefully it's more of a, uh, um, you know, more of a, I want to say Keith Yandel move, although some people don't think that was a, the right move. Right than, here, uh, buddy. Than, I'm right here. <laughs> than, than, a, than an Eric Stahl move, which I think we can all agree was not the right move uh, at that time. Awful. Truly awful. Uh, I want to ask you, are you a believer in the Tyler Bozak sort of uh, narrative that those talks happened and it was going to happen? Or are you on our side to say it was mostly Twitter nonsense? I, I have not seen from one, um, you know, quote unquote source that this was ever really a conversation. I've seen that a lot of people saying like, hey, they need a defenseman. We need a center. This can kind of work. And then I think that just, you know, kind of you know got a snowball rolling. And then the next thing you know, is like, well, this is obviously going to happen. And but I've not seen from, you know, any insiders that this was even remotely close to happening. The only insider talk I've ever seen this entire offseason was one reporter. I can't even credit them because I, I've forgotten. Said there was a lot of chatter about Holden at meetings. That's it. That's, that's all I've seen. So I've got nothing else. Uh, and that could be that could be, you know, Jeff Gordon sitting there being like, hey, you guys, uh, you guys want a Nick Holden? I got a Nick Holden for you. And he, he, he might be the only one. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think I, uh, you know, we have too many defensemen. As cr- how crazy does that sound, um, especially where we were a year ago? We have too many defensemen on our team. Uh, unfortunately, the, the one you'd like to get rid of is kind of stuck there because of his no movement clause and going nowhere. very high salary. Um, but, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm afraid to, you know, lose any of the, um, you know, the kids because I won the, uh, help me with the pronunciation, pronunciation of the, the Russian kid. <laughs> there you go. He has the European out clause. So if he's not on the roster, he's, he's probably bolting. Um, and then you got, uh, you know, as far as, 
the you know why did you trade for Anthony D'Angelo if you don't think he's going to be an NHL defenseman? And he's already ha- he has I think about a half a year of experience, and um, while his game still needs uh, some ironing out, especially on the defensive end, um, you know he he could be valuable. You know, off ice stuff aside, uh, I think I would like to to give him a shot. The the only question I have is. Is did the Rangers know they were going to get Shattenkirk when they made that trade? Because it seems that D'Angelo, uh, a lot of his strengths are are what Shattenkirk brings in terms of that you know, offensive-minded, puck-moving defenseman that you hope could be on the power play. Shattenkirk's just another level, though. Just a whole different level. Oh yeah, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying these two players are are <laughs> the you only know, way they're comparable and, is and, that they're 25 percent of each other. Well, D'Angelo is 25% yeah. of, of, of Shattenkirk. I understand that. I do have one more question for you before we head out of here. Shoot. Uh, the, and this is probably dumb, and Greg could probably answer this too. The Stadium Series game, is it an away game still, or is it a home game counting for us? It will be an away game. There, uh, I believe that, uh, and I've heard this many places, is that uh, the Rangers have an agreement where they can't play a home game in the state of New York outside of Madison Square Garden or they will lose their massive tax break. And so that's why they were the away team for both games at uh, Yankee Stadium, and that is why they will be the away team for the Winter Classic against Buffalo. It makes me wonder if you did have... Uh, if they did actually end up breaking that clause, which they would never, if you would get the season ticket option for that right away, that'd be interesting. Um, but I, I, think I guess that not. I think that's the case. They they basically what they did with the stadium series was they uh, they told everyone that had um, season tickets that like, hey, you're going to have a chance to buy. I, I can't even remember. At first, it might have just been the amount of tickets you have on your account, and I think later they they opened it up to even more when they weren't selling quite as hot as they had hoped. Um, to you know, you get the chance to to purchase tickets um, to to both games. So I imagine I asked I asked my rep, and he said, yeah, it'll be the same thing this year. So if you have season tickets, you'll get a crack at uh, the Winter Classic. Um, hey, they con- won't be cheap. Con- of course, congratulations, but... two hundred people out there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, thanks for coming on. Greg, do you have any questions at all? No. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be moving on to our our friend Brandon Fitzpatrick, but Dan, I really appreciate you coming on, and hopefully people can come out uh, this this year for the uh, the Reddit slash Bluefield Breakaway Meetup. Yeah, that, um, I hope so. Uh, I'll be posting as soon as I get more information on it. Um, I'm obviously you guys, I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but we'll, we'll uh, just keep everyone keep it in, keep an eye out on the on the Rangers uh, subreddit uh, for info. All right, sounds good, Dan. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, thanks so much, guys. Bye bye. We're back with our good friend Brennan Fitzpatrick, second time recurring guest of this of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. He you write for Gotham Sports Network. Uh say hello, Bren. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on again. Really appreciate it. Uh, of course. We brought you on to talk a little bit of nonsense, a little bit of Rangers, a little bit of baseball, because baseball trade deadline was today. Uh there's a lot going on. What do you think the biggest move of the day was for the baseball trade deadline? Uh well, um, the Dodgers getting you Darvish is pretty hey. is pretty crazy to me. That's that's a heck of a pickup for them. Uh, I was really hoping he wasn't going to go to the Yankees or you know whatever other team was in on him. And, and I, I guess the Yankees getting Sonny Gray is 
all right, even though, you know, I'm, I, I hate the Yankees so much. I just can't stand them. Um, You're a Mets fan, I right? Really hope... Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. okay. Well, oh, yeah. You, can you tell by the bitterness in my voice? I can't wait till we get shit on for Twitter. Like, hey, are you guys a Mets podcast? Like, yeah, we are. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> Appreciate it. The, oh, my, thing with, my thing with the Sonny Gray trade is it's not so much that it's, it's a fine trade, I guess. I, I personally wouldn't have given up the prospects the Yankees gave up, even though two of them have suffered major injuries in the last year. It's... It's that all of a sudden the Yankees make this trade and there's this just like hive mind with some Yankee fans. Not all Yankee fans. We know very smart Yankee fans that are trading this trade as very even keeled and looking at it for what it is. But there are other Yankee fans who are like, oh, we're not the best team in baseball. Mm, I'm like, yeah, absurd. You're not even you, you, like, what the fuck happened to the Astros? Like, where did they go? They're still better than you. And the Dodgers, of course, the, the Dodgers are world beaters right now. It's unbelievable. They, yeah. get, you, they get you Darvish and they don't even trade. Um, Verdugo or Bueller, like what the fuck? Or, what are Urias, the or by the way, Urias, like who I know is hurt, but yeah. still a prospect. Yeah. I, I honestly it's, think if if you're the Dodgers, wouldn't you would you rather have Willie Calhoun or Julio Urias right now? I think I'd rather have Willie Calhoun. I'd rather have Willie Calhoun because the the injury that Urias went through is pretty brutal. He's what did he get again? Of, what injury did he have? Uh, I believe it was. Uh, I'll look it up. Isn't he? Was, was it, why do I think it's like thoracic outlet syndrome? Why? why yeah, do I think it was it wasn't that the same thing Harvey got right? Yeah, I think it. I think it's that. I think he's getting one of those ribs. That's tough. I feel like that's a real tough one to come back from. The way I mean, obviously you said the way Harvey pitched this year up until that point, it's just. I, I think don't it's know. Ex- Harvey's using it as an excuse. He's a fucking. He's a. He's a uh, yeah, you think he's excuse? It's an excuse for him. He's just not playing because he doesn't want to. He's not playing because he loves cocaine. I think. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, He's, uh, yeah, I'm, he's, I'm dropping that. I'm dropping that. I'm gonna get a lawsuit <laughs> on my ass sooner than <laughs> Scott Boris uh, listens to probably like he just Google searches when Matt Harvey gets mentioned and things, and he's gonna listen to this podcast and I'm gonna have a defamation lawsuit on my ass. Right here, I have soldier so, oh my gosh, so, shoulder surgery. I can't speak there for a second, but I don't know what type. Uh, he's out 12 to 14 months. Oh God, that's that's a long time. Holy crap! Brutal. I mean, th- thoracic Alex syndrome is a shoulder surgery, so it, I I'm not I'm still thinking that's what it was. I've I could. I probably could easily Google search this. I'm not going to. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much. Fine. Fine. I'll do it. I'll do it right no, now. No, it's totally fine. But uh, no, I'm, I'm doing it now. Brandon, now I'm Brandon, before up. we get really into, into baseball, real quick, is there any Ranger takes you want to make on this podcast? You have a bold take yeah, for this I, Ranger season coming up? Uh, I, I, yeah, my bold take is I think Michael Grabner becomes a healthy, like a regular healthy scratch. This by, is hot. Like, fe- this is by like February. <laughs> this by is February. When- hot. Uh, I just, I just like his shooting percentage is going to come crashing back down to earth, and then everyone's going to be like, "Oh, what's wrong with Michael Grabner? Like, what happened to him?" I, I don't know. I mean, he's not shooting like eighteen percent anymore. You know, like he's he he gets so many chances a game. That's one of the only reasons. Like, he, he's consistently getting odd man rushes. The reason like, he got that chance reasons. is the AV system, and you know, most of his goals were on breakaways where he had the advantage. Exactly, and and uh, odd man rushes. Like, he's not a guy who's who's like creating his own type of shots or, or no, is, like really help. Yeah, exactly. So it's like those kind of goals. I feel like you know you you kind of evens out in the long run. Uh, like the law of averages just comes back to bite him. But I, I mean, I, I just think he's one of those players that like if he, once he stops scoring goals, like uh, he's a good penalty killer, but like he doesn't really provide much else. You know what I mean? I I, I don't know. I just for some reason for me, I, I don't really. I'm not a big Michael Grabner fan, even though he's he's like he played so well last year and he was so much fun. But like some of the things he does still drive me crazy. I I, I feel like. He's just one of those guys. I, I, he's going to come crashing back down. And, and once he's under 10 goals at, like, January, people are going to start freaking out. And AV's going to start doing AV shit. And 
then you, there he is on the bench for in the press box for some games. Are you blocked on Twitter Anterior capsule surgery. Anterior what, Greg? Anterior capsule surgery. And for those keeping score at home, that's the surgery that effectively ended Johan Santana's career. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, so I was asking you for blocked by him on Twitter, and are you excited to be blocked by him on Twitter? I'm uh, not yet, but uh, is he? I, I've seen him. He's been a, a real hound on Twitter the yeah, last couple of months. He's huh? getting at people. People like, you know, you're a good friend, Woj, and us. We tweeted him to, hey, say, hang, hang out with us, but that's never going to happen, so. Uh, you, you never know. You just got to keep shooting. Just always keep we shooting. We keep shooting our shots. You know, guns blazing. We got it. We got, we we got, got it. We got Adam. You guys got Linda. You know, we're, we're pretty <laughs> equal stuff. <laughs> hey, I wasn't involved in that. Linda Linda Cohn, uh, she sued the rink I always play at back in the day. So oh, nice. I'm not the benefit. Congratulations. <laughs> that was nice for her. Yeah. Cool. She, something like fell on her and like gave her a scar on her arm. And it was like, it was actually kind of fucked up. Honestly, I, I, I probably would have sued too if I was her. So actually I take it back, Linda, come on, come on any podcast, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, I don't know if we're going to get Linda for anytime soon, but we'll, we'll see. But, uh, so, all right, now we can, anything else we want to talk about Rangers before we could just talk about baseball the rest of this time? I mean, I we can talk about Nick, Nick Holden's not getting traded before the training camp. Absolutely not. Oh, no shot. No shot. Absolutely. No shot. And it doesn't make the, the thing that people don't understand is it now doesn't make any sense for the Rangers to trade him before training camp. No, there's no reason to. You might as well wait and see what happens with who's making who teams. If any injuries come up, someone needs to rush and trade for a defenseman. You know what I mean? Like if like it's like the the backup quarterback syndrome in the NFL, where you know guys just kind of wait and see until training camp starts. If an injury happens, I mean, I, I mean, I think they should hold on to him for now. I, I, I'm content with the Rangers roster as is. You know, I, I'm still not in love with the centers, and that's something that we talk, we even talked about that last time I was on with you guys about you know the whole step on trade what happens with that and who moves up and everything so we're on for that episode uh, that's crazy <laughs> I, feel yeah, like that, yeah, I, I feel like that was seven months ago it was a long time ago it was a and the crazy part is it, it literally went down exactly like that way like the, the return for Stefan, at least in my, my mind was underwhelming um and then it just leaves you with another hole at center so i guess you know lias anderson is gonna get every chance possible to to make the team out of training camp so i mean I, I guess you just gotta wait and see at this point. I'm still not sure he'll he'll be on the team. I'm I'm skeptical. I'm I'm very skeptical I today. Too. I'm in a skeptical mood. I just I just I I'm downplaying every, everything that's happy about the Rangers, except for obviously Shattenkirk, who's playing for little money. Yeah, we gotta well, give Brandon credit too because Brandon came on this podcast oh, and said yeah. the Shattenkirk deal was done before anyone else did. Yeah, this Brandon, was like, you this was like three weeks before uh, the free agency window even opened, and you said it was done. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I feel vindicated. I was actually getting real worried for a little while there when it looked like he wasn't going to sign. I uh, was actually kind of, kind of getting real nervous. <laughs> I got, I got texts from from personal friends. They were like, "Do you does that guy really have a scoop?" And I was like, "Hey, man, he, he broke it on our show. Of course he does." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm just glad it came through. I I know the kid, uh, the person I know played golf with him. I think right after the Caps got eliminated from the playoffs, uh, he sent me a Snapchat that they were playing together one day. So, I mean, the, the child. It, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, the kid. You said, the kid that yeah, you were yeah. hanging out, the child that was hanging out with Chad Kirk? Very nice. Yeah, he was, he was, he was caddying for him. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a kid's podcast. But um, we, I, don't know, I don't know if you heard, but we catered to children. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Oh, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. That, was, uh, that was quite an episode, my friend. But welcome Those back guys. on. Uh, welcome back on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's head over to baseball. So, you, Dar- you Darvish is now a Dodger. Sonny Gray is now on yes. the Yankees. The Mets made uh, traded Addison Reed for a pile of garbage. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, Look, that's pretty much the reaction I wanted. Greg, take, take, it, take the wheel, Jesus. Not a, not a pile of garbage. It's just the thing that blows my mind is clearly Sandy Alderson has identified the bullpen as the area he most needs to improve next year. 
So he literally traded for five relievers in three deals. He got A.J. Ramos, which was a super interesting deal in and of itself because I wasn't even thinking about that until they made the yeah, deal. Yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense when it happened. I was stunned, honestly, when that went, when that went but now, down. But now it makes sense. I, they're hoping A.J. Ramos is basically Addison Reed next year for yep. $6 million less. So yep. I, I get it. It makes perfect sense. But Duda, I, I can understand. Apparently the market for any – power hitter is just non-existent because everyone's hitting, crazy everyone's hitting the, the cover off the ball everyone yeah they got those juice balls now so everyone's getting there's the amount of people that have like 15 plus home runs 20 home runs it is yeah to contort it's, it's amazing to contort, to contort a line from the incredibles if everybody's a power hitter nobody's a power hitter <laughs> that's very good that's actually uh, uh, so duda you get what you can for him drew smith has put up great numbers in the minors i i just the reason why, to get back to Addison Reed trade, that I, I'm not a big fan of it, is I don't believe there's anything – there is no such thing as a relief pitching prospect in my mind. Yeah, I think relief pitchers, for the most part, are starting pitchers who, after double-A, establish that they just don't have the stamina to throw 90 pitches every five days, so they get transitioned to a bullpen where they become high-leverage relievers. If you're a reliever already before you reach double-A, that's a big red flag to me. Yeah, It, it yeah, just – it doesn't – it, it it means that you haven't been – you've never been able to develop even a second pitch decently. So you're relying on a dominating fastball and some kind of off-speed offering to get minor league hitters out. So I, I don't love the Addison Reed return because the two of the prospects they got back are relief pitchers in high A, which is, to me, concerning. I, I do like – Jamie Callahan – He's got good numbers. He's in AAA. I think he's going to make his debut for the Mets this year. Uh, Drew Smith has experience above single A, so he might be a piece as well. But I, I was really hoping for Dahlbeck. I thought I didn't think that was a ridiculous ask if the Mets asked for Dahlbeck in return. He's, at best, <clears throat> the Rangers' third best third base prospect. So, yeah, I mean. Rangers? It, Rangers third base? The Red, Red Sox? Did I say Rangers? Yeah, it's, it a, like, hockey, it's a hockey podcast. It's a hockey podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the return's a little di- disappointing, but look, uh, no go- I've heard good things about Nogosek. Um, Bautista, I think, is kind of hit or miss. What He is what he is, and I think Callahan will see Major League time this year, and he'll be a piece for the Mets bullpen next year, so I guess I get it. it let me say this. I'd rather have those three prospects than not trade Addison Reed at all. Oh, agreed. Absolutely agreed. The, the thing with me is, though, like, like, what is the the rest of the team going to look like next year? You know what I mean? Like, like you said to yourself, they pretty much swapped in five relief pitching, just like beefing up the bullpen for next year. But, you know, there's still a lot of other guys that are like question marks around the around the diamond. I, I mean, I guess I mean, they called up Rosario today, right? A couple yeah. like a couple hours ago, right? I think the infield for the most part in my mind is is set. Smith is going to play first. Rosario is yep. going to play short. I think they're going to mix and match at third base because I don't. I just assume David Wright's never coming back. Oh, never, so, never. Um, I assume Flores He'll be their bench coach next year. Flores is basically going to platoon with Smith at first, and he's going to get starts at third. TJ Rivera is going to play at second and third a lot. I think they're finally going to give Gavin Cicchini an extended look. If they they might let Cicchini try and win the job in spring training, and if he doesn't get it, um, they'll probably look for a trade or just let TJ and Wilmer play second and third and alternate there. Uh, the outfield. I, I it looks like they're going to bring Bruce back. Honestly, I, I, that's the way that Sandy Alderson was making it seem with some of his comments He's, before. He said they're definitely offering him a qualifying offer, which I think is fair. Um, yeah. I 
have a feeling that the contract Bruce thinks he's going to get is not going to be. He's not going to be there. Yeah, definitely not going to um, be there. So I think I don't think he'll accept the qualifying offer, but I could see him coming back to the Mets on like a one-year, ten million dollar contract because I just don't think the money's going to be there for Bruce. And honestly, he's a bad outfielder, but it's I'm fine with the Conforto in center, Bruce in right, Cespedes in left outfield. I don't, do I don't, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in here. Six months ago. Greg Kaplan would have never said that. <laughs> no, but also six months ago, Jay Bruce hadn't shown me anything as a Met. He hit 200 when they brought him in from the Reds. Jay Bruce is having but one of the best years of his career. He was hitting 290 as the Reds, and you were still yeah, he's playing great. You guys were still uh, all most of you Mets fans, and I, I hate to call you call you guys call you guys out at this point, but you guys were all ca- like saying we need to trade trade Jay Bruce as much as possible. Oh, and now, all yeah. sudden, now all of a sudden it's yeah. like, yeah, we're cool with signing him for a long term deal. No, I never. Oh, no, 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 no. I said no, one year. I said one year. Ten to two. Yeah, Maybe he said three. one year, ten million. And you also have to remember, at sp- in spring training, the Mets had four outfielders for three spots, and we all knew the one outfielder that was going to get squeezed out was Michael Conforto. So that yep. was the main reason why Mets fans were pissed off. Granderson is benched now and will be a free agent at the end of the year. He's not coming back. So the Mets have no three shot. outfielders. There's no one staring at Conforto's playing time to take it away from him. Michael Conforto. Well, he should have never lost every game he's healthy. No, exactly. Yeah, but the Mets are stupid. Yeah. So that like yeah, every Met fan, the, the first thing a Met fan knows is the Mets are fucking dumb. So the Mets yep. were going to bench Michael Conforto and they did. He started the season on the bench. And if it wasn't for a guy who even got hurt, someone Cespedes. got Cespedes. Cespedes got hurt to start the year. And that's why Conforto yep. started on the team. And he started. No, no, no. Lagaris started spring that's training right. hurt. And that's then right. once he came back with Cespedes had the quad. So they yep. just left Conforto up because he was playing so well, which I mean. It's amazing. Oh, I think shot, I would have shot back down. Unbelievable. Yeah. One of the best hitting prospects in baseball is actually hitting. Unreal. I never saw that coming. <laughs> I'm, never thought. I'm, I'm gonna take Judge over over Scafordo still. Just like gonna let you That's guys fine. Know. That's fine. I'm not Met a true Met fan doesn't have that argument. A true Met fan is just yeah. happy. We, we had that Conforto. argument on this podcast. <laughs> that's about just tweaking Yankee fans, though. That's that's all I'm there. I'm you know, there for. You know what? If I can tweet Yankee fans, I'll do it at any time I'm possible. I'm not even a Yankee fan, but I'm gonna defend some Yankee fans right now. The Yan- the Yankees made some solid trades this offseason. Oh, uh, no doubt. Off-season, no doubt. This trade deadline. Uh, the Sonny Gray signing, like, two of those guys are injured, and the Fowler injury is pretty severe. Tommy John for a Caparellian, or however you say his name. Uh, and then Mateo w- was, by the way, uh, a terrible prospect. Well, he, he kind of, not a terrible prospect. He was a high-phrase prospect, but he, he strikeout rate ballooned this year. And he wasn't hitting until recently, and now he's tearing it up at double A. So, yes, that's a nice haul for the A's, but that's a good win for the Yankees who are need Sonny Gray to perform. Yeah. Guy guy is a number three starter, has number two upside, and has two more years of control. That's, that's a great thing. That's find. the biggest thing, yeah. That's a great the, find. the control the control is the biggest thing to me because they're the you know, from all, all accounts, the the pitching market this uh, offseason is pretty thin, the free agent market. So moving moving pieces to get a guy with two years of control left who's who's proven he could be a top top like you said three two starter like something like that and, and i mean that's all the yankees really need right now they, they need to just kind of lengthen out that rotation because you know montgomery's been struggling obviously pineda's out the rest of the year you know jaime garcia will come in and i mean he's an arm he's a he's a no, guy gonna throw. i actually he's- like jaime garcia he's i think he's underrated in my personal opinion i i, mm, I think he's properly rated is he i he he's yeah. he pitched well for the braves he had a great year with the cardinals the year before that he's been He's been he pretty solid. He can't stay healthy to save his life. That's fine. Yeah, that's but, the one thing. But when he's pitching, he's good. He's good. Yeah, oh, when he's he's the innings, you know. That's one of the things they need right now, you know, because, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. He's good for the, a quality the, start. And if you have an offense like the Yankees, you should be fine with that. It annoys me that I've, I'm almost 
like I find myself somewhat liking the Yankees team, and it makes me so angry. It makes me so angry at myself. Like I, I like Clint Frazier. Like I really like Clint Frazier. He's a hell of a player. Wait for next year. I'm in love with Glaber Torres, and when he comes up, <sighs> when he comes up, I'm gonna be like, mm, I'm gonna be like, yeah. I'm gonna cheer for him a lot, and it's gonna be weird for me rooting for the Yankees when I abandoned that team as a young as a young lad. So yeah, you, you too, huh? I, I was like six years old when I stopped rooting for the Yankees. I uh, in 2000. Uh, yep, that's the good year to stop rooting for the Yankees, but I did that. I, I, I kind of like got out of baseball at that point in time. I had like, yeah. a great young run as a kid, the four four in a row, whatever, the four and five, and uh, that was awesome. And then I stopped liking baseball, and then when I got back into it, I started liking the Rays like an idiot. So there you go. Oh. I will yeah, say this. I will say this in defense of the Yankees because I know I've, I've been very hard on them today, and to no one's surprise, I'm going to relate this back to the Mets. Wow, so weird. <laughs> it's the Yankees. This year, I think, are in a very similar position to what the Mets were in in 2015, where there was a clear opportunity for the Mets to win a division, and all they had to do was make at least one big impact move for a bet. And everyone knew they had the pitching. All they needed was just anything resembling an offense, and the Mets made those moves. So the Yankees this year, I think everyone was kind of expecting the Yankees to be they were, let's let's call it a, a spade a spade. They're expecting the Yankees to be 500. Yeah, and the Yankees got off to a ridiculously hot start. They had a little bit of a drawback uh, heading into the All Star break, and now not only are the Yankees playing better baseball now, the Red Sox are kind of fucking this up. Yeah, they so, really are. I don't know if you saw the stat only, today. Their their big four are hitting like 240 over. You only get, yeah, they've been terrible. You only get so many opportunities to win a division, and yeah, I the Yankees haven't aborted their timeline there's they haven't traded any of their big pieces I, I i've criticized the yankees for trading the pieces that they have but it's also a credit to the yankees far system that they can trade these pieces and they're they're basically fine oh they're fine uh, they have glabar Fra- uh frazier still like ready to go like i and if greg bird ever becomes something if i'm the yankees take your shot but i just i wish that was a better pitcher than sunny gray because sunny gray is the most Vanilla pitcher, I think baseball has. Jamie, Gar- and- that's an insult to Jamie Garcia. Jaime, there's at least some variation there. Like he might get hurt. That's interesting. Like Sonny, Sonny, Sonny <laughs> Gray. Is, Sonny, Sonny Gray is going to be healthy. He's just going to give you six innings of, or six or seven innings of three run ball almost like every time he's out there. Like he's never going to. I, I, he's, a, he's a walking quality start, but it, he's not fun. He's not exciting. I think your problem is that you, the, the Yankee fans are acting like he's something exciting and, and he's really not. Like, he, you, like you said, he's a, he's a vanilla pitcher. Like he's a guy who's going to give you six, like a quality start almost every time out, but he's not, you know, he's not pushing the needle so far in their direction, but he's something that they needed, like you said, because they have a window here because the, they, they're in it. And they have the piece like their offense. I think the bats are gonna. Like, that's just kind of the way hitting is in baseball. It's up and down, and it'll snap back eventually. Like I don't think Aaron Judge is gonna hit 158. Uh, you know, the rest of the month. You know, for the next two months. So I mean, I think. I mean, he just I hit think, two home runs the other day, though. Like the guy is insane. Still. Oh no, he's he's a monster, and he's fantastic. He's everything that he's built up to be, and it's just you know Brett Gardner's hitting 19 home. He's like 18, 19 home runs. I mean, it's it's there. Like you said, it they're in the similar spots of that Mets team. They they that's a great comparison, honestly, when you think about it. Like because the they were not expected to win the division, both of them. The team that was heavily favored, I mean, preseason favorites in almost every single way. Like everyone was blowing the Red Sox and, and blowing off the of the Nationals those hey, couple years ago. I took the Rays over. Let's go. 
<laughs> that's a great call. They've they've been a they're a scrappy team and and the, but the the Red Sox like I didn't think the Red Sox were going to be good. I just kind of had this one philosophy to me and like it, it's been proven a couple years in a row like the team that has the most that that quote unquote wins the offseason in baseball never ends up living up to that hype. It was you know a couple years ago it was the Padres when they made all those trades you know they brought in Kemp. And then last year it was the Diamondbacks when they brought in all those guys and it didn't work out. So I, I think that we sometimes overhype teams that have very, very active off seasons. And, and, you know, the Red Sox got Chris Sale and Chris Sale's unbelievable. I mean, he's one of them. Oh, he's he's been, probably the best. Pitcher he's in not baseball. the reason they're losing. Exactly. Exactly. The, everyone else is underperforming. And, you know, they don't have big poppy to bail them out anymore. Uh, you know, Bradley Jr. is not having a good year at all. No. Nope. Like, really, actually, a very I, bad year. I, uh, I, I'm aware. His Mookie Betts isn't having a good year. That's weird. Xander no. Bogarts isn't having a good year. Hanley's not having a good year. Xander Bogarts has, like, two home runs. That's insane. In one of, in the other uh, Last week, one of my fantasy leagues, someone traded Xander Bogarts for Whit Merrifield. And at first, I was like, that's a fucking terrible trade. Whit Merrifield's on fire right now, too. I know. I looked at the numbers, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, the person getting Xander Bogarts shouldn't do this trade. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Because just on name recognition, you would just think Xander Bogarts is having a beast year. He's been terrible. Hey, let, me, I, let me float this out. Do you think they that any there's any truth to those Red Sox trying to get Machado rumors or anything that they were like trying to really deprive away from the Orioles? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, yes, they, I don't yes. know if you know the Orioles I, I, like denied everything. They didn't ship out Britain. They they shipped out like no one. It was incredible. They but ship, they were they, also they're asking for what Andrew Miller got for Britain, and Britain's had two stints on the DL this year, and he just isn't yeah. the same pitcher that he was last year. That's fine, but they're year, they're a year late on trading Britain. I mean, they wanted yeah, they, they wanted Derek Fisher from the Astros. That's a, that's what they wanted. They probably asked. They're they're crazy enough where they probably asked for Bregman. What do you think Degrom could have gotten from the Astros, like realistically? Realistically, I've had, this, I've had this discussion. I wouldn't have done it. I would have needed Bregman. I would have needed Martez, and yeah. I would have needed a third prospect. I, I agree too. I, I think putting Bre- Bregman has to be there. Ha- has yeah. to be there because Degrom Degrom is and Fisher you know, too. I, or no? I I, I I think you need a third significant prospect. Fisher's from- Fisher's a significant prospect. Yeah, because you're not just getting Degrom's having a very Degrom year. Uh, this is he's just he's Degrom. Great. Yeah, but he's Sonny. Everyone's excited that Sonny Gray's got two years control. Degrom's got three. Degrom's not yep. a free agent until 2020. So if you want Jacob Degrom, you're backing up the truck. Just like if the jo- if the Dodgers wanted Degrom, I don't. I, if I'm the Mets, I ask for Verdugo and Bueller. Yep, and and, and still a third piece. Like you have to. Yeah, he's because the thing about Degrom is outside of that, you know, the, the I, chip I, in his forearm last year, he's never ever knock on wood been hurt. By the so, way, I, mean, I think that's a well, low he price. Had, he, had, he had Tommy John in the minors, so that well, yeah, yeah but but as a, as a major league pitcher, I should say he has he hasn't been hurt. So for what is he? But three and a half years he's been up now. Uh, twenty fourteen was his debut. Okay, so yeah, three three full seasons. I guess he's had three full seasons. This is going to be his third full season. That's a low price Chris, too, yep. Greg, Greg. Like if you did Verdugo uh, Verdugo and Bueller, you would I would no, still need like I, I would need a third. I, I would need like, like two really, more really pieces probably as well. Yeah, and probably Urias. That's, you know. That's or where someone I would... maybe Sheffield. I honestly think I would rather have Sheffield at this point. I don't I that that capsule injury scares me. I saw what it's it just, on. It's so it's so Mets that that the one pitcher who wasn't even hyped up the most as a prospect is the one who's the best one out of the lot. Oh, the best the best is so when when Degrom came up, the Mets were going to use him out of the bullpen, and people yeah. forget that they brought a second guy up with them, and he was supposed to be the other ace that were bringing up, and it was fucking Rafael Montero. <laughs> yep, yep, never forget Rafael Montero. Huh? He was he was he was like a notch below uh, Harvey at one point. They thought Montero. Oh, look, was, people uh, loved him because in the minors he was walking less than a batter an inning and striking out nine. Everyone oh. was so excited about Montero's numbers, and then 
He gets to the majors. The major hitter is like, you're going to throw a straight fastball in the outside corner? I'm just going to take you to right field. Bye. What are you doing? Every single time. Yeah, he's he's. I know we went off the Yankees for a second, but we talk a lot of Mets on this podcast, so I did want to give the Yankees their day in the sun on Bluefords Breakaway. Didn't really, it doesn't really but, happen often. But I, I would like the Yankees. I just one Sonny Gray's vanilla, but I look. I made the mistake today of saying Sonny Gray doesn't make the Yankees demonstrably better. He does. You did make that mistake because, because the Yankees' fifth starters are an abomination. Yeah, so they're the awful. They're like worse than Rafael Montero. The fact, the fact that now the Yankees don't every fifth day have to start someone like Luis Sessa is an improvement. Um, but I, I, my point was, if I'm facing a four-man rotation in a division series of Severino, Sabathia, Gray, and um, Tanaka, Tanaka. Oh, Tanaka, yeah, you're right, Tanaka. Forgot about him. Am I feeling great about that series against the Astros or uh, – the Indians, or if the Red Sox make the playoffs, it, it it leaves a lot to be desired. At the same time, if the Yankees' whole plan is still to build for 2018, and I think it is, Sonny Gray is a nice piece to have in that rotation. You've got to get another pitcher, though, if you're the Yankees. You have, like, enjoy the season you're having with Sabathia. Realize that it's probably just the season. Go out and get another pitcher. I don't know who that pitcher is going to be. Uh, Matt Harvey, please. You can have him. But <laughs> if I'm the Yankees, Sonny Gray is a step in the right direction. He's definitely going to help me in 2018. I don't think he improves their chances significantly of winning anything significant. But he's a nice piece to have for 2018. You just got to make sure you go out and get another piece. Like Sonny Gray is a good other piece to get if you get someone else. And it, maybe it's maybe they sign you Darvish in the offseason. If you sign you Darvish and you already have Sonny Gray in your back pocket, I like to trade a little better. But – I will like the Sunday Gray trade more dependent on what else the Yankees do in the offseason. Brennan, uh, are you writing anything for Gotham right now? You want to pipped out? Um, last thing I wrote was just talking about the the Zabanajad pro uh the Zabanajad contract uh and how you know the Rangers really just learn from their past mistakes. Other than that, you know, it's, it's kind of the bleh season for for hockey news. Um, yeah, we know. I am gearing up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I am aware. gearing up though. Yeah. Gearing up for football, uh, the podcast I do with one of my, my buddy Squints, uh, the Over Under podcast, we're, we're bringing that back in a day or two, starting the college football and uh, and NFL grind for the futures and divisions and conferences. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And if you guys want to, if anybody out there wants to listen to some gambling stuff, uh, feel free to give it a listen. Sounds good. Hey, huh? you're, in, you're in the pick and pool this year, too. I'm excited about that. Oh, hell yeah. Can't wait. I, Can't wait. So I, I'm, I'm on the train of I hate football, but I still know way too much. Um, and I don't know how to get off of it. I, I need to quit I'm, fantasy, I guess. But that's the fantasy is the only thing that keeps me interested in football right now. Because as, as a Jets fan, I'm all aboard the the suck for Sam train. So I'm I'm not gonna watch a single Jet game this year. I don't Su- think suck for Sam comes off so well. It's just like, oh yeah, it's, it, it's feel, just it feels the, so good. It just has to be. It has to be. It has to happen. I bet you he stays in school another year too to get off, get away Sam, from the Jets. Sam's Arno? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, a guy from USC. Yeah, he's definitely staying in school another year. What are you nuts? Oh yeah. He's gonna look. Oh, yeah. He's he's looking at the Jets. And he's like, that's not where I want to go. He, he's uh, either gonna stay in school another year, or he's gonna do reverse Manning and get the fuck like demand a trade the fuck out of New York. If he's smart, that's what he'll do. But but Sam, if you're listening, we love you. We we <laughs> we love us. We love USC quarterbacks on the Jets. That's true. Um, listen, we'd love to come on your podcast and talk gambling. I don't know if you know, but Greg's pretty good at it. Uh, no, hey. no 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 no. I, I like gambling. <laughs> I was good at it. I was being sarcastic. You guys are. Uh... You guys are always welcome on the gambling podcast. I, I I need some tips too because I'm pretty bad myself. Well, some of this debate for us. We were talking about 
um, dynasty fantasy football oh my players. God, no one cares. But okay. I don't care. I care, and they're listening to my podcast, so I'm going to ask you shit. Also mine. I deb- not. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I just filed the LLC. It's 50-50, bro. <laughs> no, it's definitely more yours than mine, but that's not the point. All right, whatever. Um, Ryan likes Corey Davis. I do. I like Christian McCaffrey. Which, which one of us is right? Because one of us only can be right. And it's definitely I, not Ryan. I, I like both players. Um, to me, though, I, I think there's a lot of like Matt, I, I don't still don't trust that like, everyone's on the Titans train. I don't trust them as much as other people do. Um, even though I, I did place a couple bucks on them to win their division a couple months ago. Um, but um, I, I would go McCaffrey just because I, I think McCaffrey's versatility. Like, I think he's going to be almost as good as of a receiver as he is a running back, which is yeah, just crazy just found, to me. I think we just found our new hot dog sandwich question. Whatever. No, no, no one cares. I don't care about this question. I care very deeply about hot dog sandwich. I, I, took, I, I, I care I, about both because I'm right for both. That's Well, you're wrong on both. So that's nice. I mean, I took Corey Davis. He's just the most talented wide receiver in the draft. I get why Christian McCaffrey is, is, an, uh, is, is a uh, tantalizing prospect. I, I, I don't think, you think Corey Davis was the most uh, the, the the most talented receiver in the draft. I do, yeah. See, the, nah, you see, all health all health questions aside, it's still Mike Williams. Oh man, see, I'm on the John Ross, the John oh, Ross train. John, you want you want to know who John Ross is? Darius Hayward Hayward Bay. <laughs> oh boy, what a comparison right there. Carbon carbon copy. Bro runs a fast forty, but you don't run straight lines in football, man. That's all I'm saying. I mean, the the real answer to that question is who's the best rookie receiver is Juju Smith Schuster because the <laughs> the Steelers can just turn like me right. or you into a good receiver. So yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I just love that name. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! Wow, it's fantastic. Name. All right, Brennan, we're gonna get out of here because we uh, we've gone uh, about thirty minutes now. Listen, uh, you got to DM me your address so I can send you a T-shirt. And uh, oh, definitely, I will definitely get on that. I I I love it. I love it. A recurring guest T-shirt, and then. Uh, you can come back on whenever you want. Really, that's that's whatever. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let you and Brandon Cohen battle it out for the number one Brandon spot in our hearts. It's two for two right now. Yeah, hey, he's he's definitely got some one up on me. He's he's a he's a much better Twitter personality than me right now, and also he has a face to the name. I'm just the guy with Steph Curry and Tim Duncan hugging each other out there. Hey, before you go, have you ever eaten two bananas in a row? Yes. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much for answering. That. <laughs> I had a debate over the weekend that you can't eat two bananas in a row because that you're. It's it's not fun. It's not no, fun, it's like, but it's, it's not possible. an enjoyable experience. No, no, not at all. Okay, I'm sure. Like, I feel like I've done this, and it's no big deal. Okay. I love bananas. All right, so I have a new question. We're gonna start asking everyone before they go. You ready? All right, Brent. Oh yeah. All right. Please, it's, God, please, it, God, don't let it be the question. It's not the question. <laughs> okay. It's it's uh it's it's a little different. So say I'm gonna do this challenge, Brennan. So uh maybe you want to partake with me, but Swedish meatballs. You know the size of a Swedish meatball. I'm assuming. Uh huh. If you had to eat a meatball a minute, how many meatballs could you eat before you were done? That's a that's a hell of a question. I know, um, my friend. I know. My st- I've lost some weight recently, so my stomach is not able to do that as much as I I used to. So I, I think I could probably go like five, six, six minutes, maybe. I don't know. You're gonna I don't six think I go Swedish anymore. meatballs? You crazy, Brendan? How are you doing this? You could definitely do it like forty-five. <laughs> don't lie to me. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I I don't have it in me like I used to. If I was if I was a sophomore to end of junior year of college, hell, I could have I could have probably done an hour. Um, but but now I'm I'm out of, I'm out the game, so I'm eating healthy again. So I don't think I could do that anymore. So I'm eating healthy in my life. I, I am a pig, but I I have, I have dro- also dropped some pounds. I'm gonna do the meatball challenge. I'm going for sixty minutes. 
Wow. That's I'm hey, more power. To, if you could do it, I'll try it. Six, Honestly, 60, I think I will try it too. 60 minutes, meatball a minute. Timer goes off. This is my new question I want to ask people. That's it. So Brandon is a six. Congratulations, Brandon. <laughs> Wait, now, <laughs> last last question. If I gave you $10,000, how many could you get? Oh, uh, I could go for two hours probably. <laughs> this is my point. This is why you're not a six. You could definitely do more than six. Oh, okay. I have to rephrase it's proper this motivation. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on, Brennan. Appreciate it. Anything else you want to plug out? No, no, no. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. As always, uh, you're doing great work, and uh, I love the show. All right, cool. We're going to end up here. So uh, everyone can follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Breakaway, and that's all I have to plug. <laughs> or Blue yeah, Shirts Break. There you go. It. All right. Peace out, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.